Welcome to Boy Boy Time Podcast. We're gonna get lady time, yeah. Oh, it's your boy, Boy Time Podcast. Coming in with the slam dunk of a theme song. Hi ho ho, it's me, Forever Teenager Seth Rogan, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Debbie. Mm. Oh. Uh, we have another slow week Slower week, I suppose uh, Not a whole lot has happened um, A lot of small things But not one big Mondo release thing um, So I guess that's pretty good um, the, the Last of Us episode this week was really, really good Probably be talking about that for a while um, I watched two of the highest rated things on my, uh, little poster to contrast last, last week's three lowest. So I'll be talking about what those are. I couldn't, uh, the, the third one I was trying to make work, but it's really long because it's a spaghetti Western, which means that it's guaranteed to be over two and a half hours long. It is uh, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, I did not have the time to watch it. So maybe in next week. I did not have the time in the West to, to watch it. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to watch that next week. I don't know what my little gimmick is going to be for this next week. Um, I don't know if I'll have anything. So... That'll be good. Um, yeah, that, that, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. But we do have one little bit of gaming news. I was kind of hoping Paul would be here for this, but he is not. Uh, it was announced, I think, doesn't Paradox make the City Skylines games? I think so. Yeah, well, they announced they're making a squeak wall. The City Skylines 2. Hooray! Hooray. Uh, I I played the first one. It's very stressful. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like to play that game, you kind of have to already have a grasp on um, city planning, because <laughs> it is like, it felt really real and very stressful. So, it kind of cemented the idea that I'm not going to be a city planner. Scratch that off the career and, list. Yeah. I know. It was that and then, like, sewage worker. And I was like, well, I could still be a sewage worker. I could be a power washer. You could be a sewage planner. I I don't know. Hopefully there's a sewage DLC for City Skylines 2 that maybe would help me. But that was announced. I think it's supposed to come out this year. So, that's exciting. Uh... Paul loves Paradox games, so it's a little unfortunate he's not here to talk about it, but I don't know if he's really played the first City Skylines game. It doesn't seem like his type of game. It's like adjacent to what he would usually play. Yeah. but The boring version. Yeah. No war in this no one. No war. Not a lot of strategy. Just city. <laughs> no strategy in planning a city. You just kind of got to do it. None at all, no strategy, just planning. I can speak from experience. Yeah. 
so that that's coming. That's pretty exciting. Um, and that's it for gaming news. Wrong. Oh, oh, what is oh, what? What else purple. is there? Uh, CS:GO two. Oh, I forgot. Yes, mm-hmm. CS:GO two. It was announced. Yes, not officially yet, but basically. Wait, what do you mean? I thought it was official. Maybe they made it official today. I don't know. Oh. Oh wait, um, oh, yeah, it does say rumored sequel. Yeah, but it was in the Nvidia updates, so it has like a pretty firm, like it's real. Yeah. And apparently, it's like almost ready to go. Like there could be a beta this month. Oh. So. Okay. This could happen pretty quickly. Could be interesting. I don't know how they're gonna handle skins and everything because I feel like a lot of people are gonna be angry if they can't transfer their skins to the new game. Yes. If it's even going to be a new game or if it's just going to be a massive update. I guess we don't know that yet. I mean, it looks like it's going to be just like a complete engine overhaul. Yeah. Which usually whether they want to put that in a new game or if they want to completely overhaul the entire... I I would imagine it's a new game. Probably. Because it does change everything about it. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how all that would work with skin economy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they would probably still keep it free. Cause I would imagine so. CSGO 1 is free. Mm-hmm. I guess they're going to follow the Valorant you have to do the $15, model. You have to do the $15 prime matchmaking. <laughs> right. So you don't get cheaters in your game. So hopefully they actually have an anti-cheat. Yes. Um, it's kind of bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I guess like their only real competition is Valorant. I wouldn't say there's yeah. any other tactical shooters out there. Siege right to now. a lesser extent, but that's kind of yeah, yeah. Close. There's there's like competitive in that game, but it's not as uh, it's not as huge of an esport though. No. Um, CS:GO does is the best esport, I think. True. I I Real do enjoy facts. watching those sometimes. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's been like what? I guess it's been over ten years. Yeah, so, yeah. Kind of ready for a new one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I um. Yeah, because this will be on the Source Two engine, mm-hmm. which is it's it hasn't been used in a whole lot of things. I know it's in Dota think, Two. Yeah, Dota Two has it. Um, Half Life uh, Alex, I think, used it. Yeah. Um, but that might that might be it. Valve doesn't make games anymore, so it's kind of hard to use their new technology. <laughs> True. But I really, and I don't know how much of the, it's kind of hard to compare the Source 2 engine to the Source 1 engine if you're using Half-Life Alex as a mm-hmm. little, um, as a way to compare it because it's a VR game, so it's hard to know how much of the changes is because it's a VR game and how much of the changes is because it's in the Source 2 engine. True. So... If if we do get a CSGO 2, then it'll be a little easier to compare the engines, especially mm-hmm. since we still have CSGO 1. So yeah, we'll see I'm how sure much... I'm we'll, sure everybody will be able to feel it, like, immediately. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> CSGO was built on, like, the same engine that, like, the first Half-Life game is on. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, it'll definitely feel different. I just... I don't know how different it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't like it's on the Unreal 5 engine or whatever. Right. So I don't think it'll know. be like extreme. I think it'll just be nicer overall. Yeah. More up-to-date. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I will probably try out the beta. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting. Go back to my roots. Real. <laughs> uh, so that'll be... I need to get hurt again. Yes. Yes, it's always fun getting hurt. I would Real. say. I am a masochist. So that that that's pretty exciting. Two pretty big sequels. I would say CS:GO Two is probably the bigger sequel, because mm-hmm. City Skylines is pretty niche. But yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing it up. For gore, right. for gore. Um, let's do show news. Got a little bit of show news. We got our first trailer today, as of us recording this podcast. Of the final Barry season. Um, I'm done. He's in jail. Oh, yeah. That is pretty much the... Um, I didn't watch the trailer, but like the poster is him in a jail cell. I'm like, oh, yeah. He kind of got arrested at the end of season three. Um, but that is coming out April 16th. So we got a little over a month. I don't know when Succession is wrapping up, but there's probably going to be overlap with Barry in succession. Good thing The Last of Us is ending next week. Yeah, I know. It's like we got a lot. Like a lot of stuff within like the next two months are premiering their last season because Succession, Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso, and Barry are all premiering their last seasons um, this month and in April. So those those are three pretty big shows. I'll be interested to see uh, where all those people go, especially um, Bill Hader. I I really like him. I'd love to see him do another Barry-esque show, a kind of dark comedy, because you don't usually see those. Those are kind of dying. They're a dying breed. They were real big in the 90s and, like, uh... Like late eighties into the nineties, but now 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 you don't really see them. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we're kind of getting a semi revival of it with Barry. But the last season of Barry was so bleak. <laughs> they had funny moments, but man, it was just so depressing because Barry was going through his "I'm a depressed sociopath" era, um, which I guess has been the whole show, but. It just felt a little sadder so. in season three. Yeah. But we'll probably talk about that when all that comes out. I don't know if we'll have weekly roundups of uh, Barry and Succession like we do with uh, The Last of Us. guess we'll see, but I don't know. Um, I guess speaking of The Last of Us, we can talk about the episode that came out this week. I forgot what it's called. Uh, um, why doesn't uh, it say? Why doesn't it say? I forgot. I forgore. I forgore too. It's probably like Left Behind 2. <laughs> it has like need in it or something. I don't, I don't know. Oh, does it? We I are think so. When we are in need... Yeah, there okay. we go. Yes, this is the the cannibal episode of The Last Third. of Us. Um, yes, this is... I don't know 
it's going to be tough. I, I, I want to say that this one is my favorite one because the ending of it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of the best acting we've seen in this show so far, which is crazy because this show has really been a master class in acting, really. Um, but man, um, the ending of this episode where uh, Joel and Ellie re- reconnect. I... I was I was starting to feel it. My my chest was getting tight in a way that I was about to beef tears of joy, but uh didn't quite do it. But it was it was very very good. What 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 did you think of when we are in need? I think it was very close to the game, which is yes. A good thing and also a bad thing cuz I had to see that again. <laughs> so, true. Um, yeah, that part in the game was always like the, oh my God, why do I have to subject myself to this part every single time? It's rough. Um, I'm glad that they did like the boss scene, like really genuine. (laughs) It was really close. That was really cool. Um, without all the annoying, like hit him three times and like, don't step on the plates. Yeah. I can hear you. I I was, I was half expecting them to like have her step on a plate just for the memes. Mm -hmm. Well, they showed the rabbit. That's true. She they didn't did show the rabbit. But she didn't, didn't kill the didn't rabbit. Get the rabbit moment. <laughs> no, she didn't even use a bow. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that wasn't like, because there's more of a time jump, I think, in the game, right? Yes, I I think so. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, she gets this bow from somewhere. I but think it's it's in Left Behind when she's in the mall, she gets the bow. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah that that is how that is established. Yeah. So we didn't um, get that. But, no, I mean. You know, it's fine. It, it was a cool callback to like the shooting thing though, where they practice shooting in like episode four or whatever. So yeah, still worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was uh, very well done. I... It was funny uh, seeing Troy Baker try to kill his own <laughs> character. That was kind of that was, funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I um, I know that um. Why can't I? Oh, Ashley Johnson. I know that she's supposed to be on the show, too. I don't think we've seen her yet. She's got one episode. She so. must be in the last episode. I wonder if she's a firefly. She might be. Um, I, I think that... Um, <laughs> I think I don't remember if I made this prediction on the podcast, but I thought that it would have been funny for Ashley Johnson to play Ellie's mom in like a flashback mm-hmm. or something. Um, that would have been a little weird. But uh, yeah, I feel like having Ashley Johnson is going to be weird because her voice is so distinct. Yeah. And it isn't like Troy Baker where he does the voice. It's like Ashley yeah. Johnson is pretty is much. Ellie. Yeah. yeah. Um, or at least her like 19 year old self in Last of Us 2. I'm she mm-hmm. she did some stuff to make herself sound younger. But well, yeah. for the most part, it just just sounds like her. Um. Which will be interesting. I could still kind of tell with Troy Baker, but it wasn't like so it wasn't apparent. too obvious. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I I really liked. I I didn't know if they were gonna do the cannibal aspect of it. Um. Because like for the longest time it didn't, like it didn't come up. Um. See, I just was just like, oh, they're gonna just make this like a religious cult. Because that's kind of what they did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever really an aspect in the game. 
where it's he's a pastor. He might be into that, but like it's not like as apparent as they made it. He he does kind of give like uh, he did give youth, youth pastor, pastor vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, no, I'm not gonna harm you. Uh, and then he hits the the girl on the side of the face. Yeah, which um, is you know. Which, you know, abuse never (laughs) happens in religious communities. That's just what I'm going to say. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I don't, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, There was, um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I say this every week, but it's just like, man, it's just like, I, I keep like, eh, Bella Ramsey. I don't know if I'm feeling it. But then, like, every single week I'm proven wrong. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. She only was, got one episode left with her, too. So. I, I, <laughs> I know. I'm a little bit nervous for what they're going to do for Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are they just not going to do a time jump? But I feel like you kind of need the time yeah, jump. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking of that this week where it's like you could still do Pedro for Joel for like the one episode he's in unless they do like the flashbacks before he goes on a fun vacation he does do a fun vacation rest of the game yeah he's uh, he's on a very important mission yes he's on an important mission yeah it's very important he just just went to Seattle for a fun Mm -hmm. vacation Ellie wanted to go there to catch up with him exactly yeah so (laughs) Um, I don't know who they're going to get to play Ellie or, or if they just wait a couple of years and let Bella Ramsey grow up a bit. But I feel like, uh, I feel like they want to strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. So I mean, we've speaking. seen it before. The shows do like really good casting between ages. So I'm sure they'll find someone. I don't doubt HBO when they're, uh, their casting thing like every every single casting in this show has been absolutely phenomenal yeah. and i guess in every show i i can't i can't imagine kieran culkin's character in succession being played by anyone else yeah that's true he has to be played by kieran culkin and the guy that plays um i can't remember anybody's name on that show now except for tom and yeah, greg and the, oh yeah we get to see tom <laughs> and greg again <laughs> my favorite characters um, who's the freaking guy who wants to take over to, uh, that does not narrow it down Kendall. at all. Ken, <laughs> yeah, that guy is just that guy in real life. So like, um, it's great casting. So yeah, I know, I know <laughs> I've watched enough HBO shows to trust, trust that they, uh, they do a great job with that. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see who's going to be playing all the Last of Us 2 characters. You're probably going to get Jenny Slate to play Dina. Whoever plays Abby, I hope they're not on social media or on the internet or have a, <laughs> don't have a home address that's readily available. There, or... it, There's this one. I don't know if she's an actor. I think she's like a... a, a, a I don't want to say a small-time actor, but like she hasn't been in a lot of things. But people have been posting her picture, and she looks, like, just like Abby. <laughs> so, like, if they get her, that would be pretty G-dang 
it, it would be so spot on. I just I don't know how good of an actress she is. Yeah, that's the issue. You need like a really good actress for that part. Yeah. Abby's uh, gonna kind of make or break that season. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I I I can't uh, can't find it. Jocelyn Mettler, that's her. Um, I don't know what else she's been in. Um. All of this information is about the game. I don't care about the game. Tell me about this lady. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. She's um. She's the face. She was like the face model. She was. Oh, okay. She was a character Facebook. animator on the game. So maybe don't get her because he's not a professional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they can uh, find someone. It doesn't need to be hundred percent accurate. No, it doesn't. Um. Or you can find someone, just Pedro Pascal just happens to look just like Joel. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. They should probably get, like, Jessica Alba. She'd be a great <laughs> Abby. Get, like, a, a triple A-list actor. <laughs> get Anya Taylor-Joy to play yeah. Abby, you cowards. That'd be the worst case. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wouldn't be uh, people who haven't played the game being like, she's trans. Yeah, I suppose. I think it's funny that like people are like Abby. Abby's a, a obvious stand-in for a trans character when there's already a trans character. Yeah, <laughs> people don't even realize. No, um, it's just yeah, I'm ready for the TV show part, so I don't have to like look at the opinions of those people on this piece of art. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure the reception will be a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, or it'll be. I I honestly don't know how Wait the TV ben crowd is going to do. Well, yeah, but like I I don't think he's watching this show anyways. He probably he didn't get past the. Oh, he did. He is. Yeah, he, he complained about the third episode. I was gonna say he probably didn't get past the third episode. Yeah. Um, I mean that's what they do, right? They run shows where it's like get the clickbaity stuff. Sure. It's just easy, easy points. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I was a conservative commentator, I would be... Which is the easiest job in the world. It is the easiest job. I'd be so good at that. Twitter already thinks I am a conservative commentator, so maybe I should just lean into that and make a bunch of money. (laughs) (laughs) Sell my soul and make a bunch of money. I don't affiliate with this person. (laughs) I'm going to turn the boy time Twitter into uh, patriot time. Oh God! What? I'm trying to think of like a good conservative, because all the good ones are taken. Turning Just point. Keep it boy time. Oh, that's true. You could spin that. That's true. No women allowed. Yeah. Boy time. That's good. That's good. I'll have to think about that. Make some decisions about my future. Great. No part of. Uh. But yeah, uh, we'll see how this show ends, how they're going to handle the ending, when they're going to cut it off. Be a little interesting. Um, yeah, I guess the one episode we have left with Bella Ramsey, she's probably not going to be in half of it or she's not going to be conscious. Be in half in half of it. Of she just won't be conscious. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
She has one very, very important line of dialogue. Giraffe. That and <laughs> the other very, very important piece of dialogue. Uh, what's a, uh, you Do you promise whatever? Or that just one. the last word of the game. Okay. Isn't it just okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to really nail that. Well, yeah. I mean, like, that whole sequence has to be... Um, oh, yeah, that whole sequence has to be done really well. So. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to set sure up the next one. Yeah. So. Very, very good. Very good stuff. Um, we didn't really talk about this episode a whole lot, but... It's kind of similar to the game. I didn't have too many. Yeah. Like, it, it was amazing, but I don't have much to add. Commentary-wise. Yeah, this one and the last one. Yeah. We're very, very close to their counterparts. Mm -hmm. I think this episode is a lot better, obviously. I do, too. Yeah, I I liked how the cannibalism was handled. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think you see anything as Ellie. No, you don't see... Because there's like a body on the table in the game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But like... That's not necessarily cannibalism. Right. It could just be preparing a body to, I don't know, get cremated or whatever, bury it, yeah. I don't know. Um, but in the show, they're more explicit where they're, she's in like this kitchen where they're preparing meat and then there's like an ear on the floor. And it's like, oh, these guys are preparing people. Oh no! Soylent Green is people. Yes, it's yeah, true. Right. It's true. Um, whoever played David, I thought he was fantastic in the role. True. Um, I don't know uh, who played him. Uh, I feel like finding who plays anybody in this show is so hard. Cause all the all all that comes up is just all these videos and articles that are like, look how good it is uh, compared to the game. This is what it is. Wow, they already have <laughs> on the HBO's Last of Us wiki. They already have them in the category deceased characters. <laughs> well, that's a little rough. I think that happens with most characters in this show. Yeah, <laughs> they just introduced them and taken away. <laughs> He uh he was in El Camino apparently. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, he's in um Killers of the Flower Moon, that um Scorsese movie. Mm. Uh that's coming out this year. So I'll see him again. Very very interesting. I thought he was I thought he was great. Did a good job portraying David on the silver screen. But I think I've said everything I want to say about it. We'll probably have more to say about the whole show and this finale next week. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Stay tuned for that. Uh, moving on to movie news. We got a new Spider-Verse clone coming out. It, I, it's only taken until recently for all of these animated movies that are ripping off Spider-Verse to come out. 
That's how much time it took to make That's them. That's how much them. time it takes. Um, uh, we had Puss in Boots, which is uh, not totally copying the Spider-Verse no, style. It's just, it's just very stylized. Yeah. Um, this movie seems to be doing the exact same style. Um, it is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Um, it is like animated on twos, so every single or every other frame is missing. Um, and then like the like the backgrounds are very much like they try to keep it like concept art y, uh, where like maybe all of the colors aren't filled out. Um, which, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a comic book also before it was a TV show and movie and other things. Um, and it was very dark and edgy. This doesn't, uh, I don't think this is going to be dark and edgy. But like Spider-Verse, this movie has Post Malone in it. I don't know if he's doing Yippee. a song for it. He's just in it. He's playing a villain, I think. Um, I, I kind of cringed immediately when the, the trailer started and it said like from forever teenager Seth Rogen. And I'm like, that is the cringiest thing I've ever heard. Never describe yourself as a forever teenager. What are you talking I mean, about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's even in it. I think he's just producing it, uh, which is weird. Um, it's directed by uh, one of the writers of Gravity Falls and Mitchell's Versus the Machines. Two things I think are actually pretty dang good. So there is some hope for this. I think the cast is pretty solid. Um, for the main turtles, they did not go big name actors at all. Like, like I think the guy who's playing Donatello is just like straight up a kid. Like his voice hasn't changed, which if you're if you're showing teenage turtles, that's probably accurate. So, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I forget who's playing. Um, uh, what's her face? The the yellow tracksuit girl. April. April. Yeah, uh, I forget who's playing her, but I know they race swapped her, and people are upset. No. Oh no! Oh no! My fictional character. No. <laughs> Let me see who's playing her. Um, a, Ayo, Edebiri. I'm butchering that. I don't. <laughs> I feel like I should know. Oh yeah, it's the chick from the bear. Okay. The bear. The bear. I thought she was great in the bear. So, yeah, I I don't. I mean, all of the other casting looks pretty g dang good. Um. Yeah, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, John Cena, Ice Cube, Paul Rudd, Hannibal Buress, Maya Rudolph, Post Malone. Um, and I think probably the best casting of all time, Jackie Chan as Splinter. Mm. Come on. That's perfect. Perfect. Um, I thought Giancarlo Esposito was going to play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Giancarlo Esposito is playing. Um, Shredder. Maybe. Let's see. He's playing Baxter Stockman. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't know either. Um I don't Shredder isn't even listed uh as one of the characters. Um Yeah, I don't know. Uh Seth Rogen is playing Bebop. Of course. 
Yeah, John Cena's playing Rocksteady. All of, I don't know any of these. I don't know any of the TMNT villains besides Shredder. But all of these are, I'm assuming, real TMNT villains. I'm just wondering who's going to play Casey. Mm. Casey's the best guy in TMNT. He hits people with a hockey stick. That is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. He's like an edgy guy. He has like... Uh, like the the edgy guy from Ben Ten, he has like his haircut, but like he only uses sports equipment. It's like he has people with golf clubs and baseball bats. And That's awesome. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, and he wears a hockey mask. Of That's course. the most important part. That's the most evil thing I'm a person can do. No, he's a good guy. Oh, he's he dates April. Ah, uh, yeah. a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Um, yeah, he's pretty sick. um so i don't know uh i might see it when it comes out um i am a sucker for over over stylized animated projects i mean spider-verse and puss in boots completely like blew me away so we'll see i'm just waiting for the style to get oversaturated because everybody wants to copy and then it just turns out mediocre things until the next hit thing comes around Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know what's, uh, what other big thing is going to come out. Um, It'll be years from now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the stop motion in Pinocchio was, like, like fantastic. And, like, watching behind-the-scenes footage for that is, like, really fun to do. But also it's stop motion, which has been around yeah, for, like, a hundred years. I don't think that'll latch on to, like, a huge audience anyways. No. And it's, like, too artsy to be as, like... Yeah. Spider-Verse was successfully critically and commercially, which is uh, mm-hmm. what studios can only dream of. Um, well, I guess studios don't really care if it's popular critically as long as it's popular commercially. But I guess it... it uh, pieces everybody if it's a good movie and it appeases Post Malone and he can put that song on his new record true the cycle continues <laughs> the cycle continues uh, so that's fun uh, speaking of studio f- fun times um, we have some I don't want to say unforeseen Star Wars news um Patty Jenkins, who made the Wonder Woman movies, she was making a Rogue Squadron movie that has been shelved. Kevin Feige was making a movie. I didn't know this guy made movies. I just thought he was, like, a producer. But I think, I guess he was going to write and direct a Star Wars movie, but that has been shelved also. Um, so I guess, I don't know what that one was supposed to be. Um, but then apparently... Taika Waititi, because he's Taika Waititi, wanted, he's looking to star in his Star Wars movie. So, there you go. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be similar in, like, role to his role in Jojo Rabbit, which, um, he was only in, like, a couple scenes. I feel like the trailer for that movie made it seem like that he was going to be, like, all over it. He's, he's in, like... A lot in the beginning, but then, like, it kind of tapers off. Um, but I like Taika Waititi a lot, um, even though the, the last Thor movie was not very good. But I feel like 
I don't think his heart was <laughs> in it at that point. Um, I think he made Thor Ragnarok. Um, he made one for them, and then he made one for me. That was Jojo Rabbit. And then he made one for them, and then I don't know what his one for me is going to be. I think, um, I think he's making a soccer movie. I think I think that's going to be the next Taika movie. That's, that's what everybody wants. I would say so. Uh, Taika Waititi upcoming movie. So I think it's supposed to come out. Yeah, next goal wins. It's a sports comedy drama film uh, directed by Taika and then co-written by Ian Morris. Um, but that's not a Disney movie. That's a Searchlight Pictures, which I doubt Jojo Rabbit was a Disney movie. I don't think Disney would touch anything. I would doubt it. Disney probably wouldn't. the 1940s. <laughs> when they got Donald Duck. Yeah. Nazi. No, it's, it's a Searchlight Pictures, which is also producing a soccer movie. That makes sense. This is a plug for Jojo Rabbit. If you haven't seen it, it's a very good movie. And What We Do in the Shadows. He's great in What We Do in the Shadows. It's also a good show. So, and also Our Flag Means Death is another great thing. I don't, th- I don't think Taika's involved in the writing of that one. He's just acting in it, but he's great in that. Taika's not a bad actor. I think he's a really great comedic actor. Um, so, I don't, I don't hate this. I know some people are like, "Ugh, I'm kind of sick of Taika by now," but everything I've seen him in has been pretty good, um, except for this new Thor movie. But Hunt for the Wilder People's great. I haven't seen his third one, but. Yeah, that that's some Star Wars shakeup news. Uh, it seems like I think the because yeah they're they're very scared of doing anything movie related. I think they've been burned with the one two punch that was Solo and then Rise of Skywalker, and now they're like ah no let's just keep making Mandalorian shows. Um, which I didn't realize. Like, The Mandalorian released, like, only a couple months after Rise of Skywalker. I didn't remember it being, like, that back-to-back. But, yeah, I guess Disney was like, yeah, whatever, we'll just eh, just post it. I'm upset. I'm upset that nobody wanted to see our bad movie. Um, so, yeah. But speaking of, you know, Mandalorian did just uh, come out. The first episode came out this last week. I don't need to do a weekly roundup of The Mandalorian because um, it's The Mandalorian. It's fine. Um, Pedro Pascal's in it, so it's kind of like The Last of Us. Yippee. <laughs> I saw someone um, <laughs> someone posted a meme that was like the trolley problem, except it was Pedro Pascal, and then on one track it had Ellie, and then on the other track it had Baby Yoda. And I was like, will Pedro Pascal pull the lever? Which I'm murdering one? You, Baby Yoda so quickly. <laughs> well, what would Pedro Pascal do? I think we need Murder to. Murder Baby Yoda. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Pedro Pascal would do. Because I know on the set for Mandalorian. You know good for him. It's, it's good for his, uh, his career, I think. But I know there's, there's a scene in the first season of The Mandalorian where like a stormtrooper like 
punches Baby Yoda. <laughs> like, he puts Baby Yoda in a sack, and then he, like, punches the sack. Um, and apparently, like, there were audible gasps in the uh, in the room. But it's like, it's an animatronic. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. And then the new episode... Um, they had like Babu Frick from Rise of Skywalker in it. Uh, and I love Babu Frick. That was the one good thing to come out of that movie. <laughs> I think it's funny because like, I think Disney expected everybody to hate Babu Frick. So they only like barely put him in it, but it's like the one thing that people like, yeah, that was kind of funny. It's just like this guy who's like, Hey, I'm a little mechanic man. He's a little guy. It's very cute. Um, that and uh, Claude, is that the name of the slug? I think it's Claude. No, it's something like that. So it's uh, that that's good too. Yeah, it is Claude. Yeah, Claude and Babu Frick are the two good things to come out of Rise of Skywalker. Um, so there you go. I'll probably talk about the Mandalorian once it's done. But this episode was very much just like setting up this season's arc because, uh, you know, this whole show was like, we need to get Baby Yoda back to the Jedi. And then season two, they do that. And then in Book of Boba Fett, he comes back to the Mandalorian because he doesn't want to be a Jedi anymore. So now it's like, okay, well, what do we do now? Uh... I guess the Mandalorian took his helmet off a couple times, and so now he needs to atone for his sins. Um, so I guess that's what we're doing this season. So that's pretty fun. Um, so there you go. We'll talk about it once it's over, probably. Or if something really crazy happens. If, uh, I don't even know. Who's who's a cameo that would make Grant really mad if he showed up? Um, Anybody probably. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anyone they would bring back. I know Sam L. Jackson really wants Mace Windu to come back into the Mandalorian, but that just doesn't make any sense. Um, he was thrown out of a window in Coruscant. I don't Literally. think. I mean, Palpatine lived. And he was thrown. He was thrown. He was thrown into a giant power shaft in the Death Star, right before the Death Star blew up, and he somehow survived. Yeah. Uh, but that's the rise of Skywalker, and I don't think anyone wants to. I, I think if we can just remove that movie, if we can just remove the sequel trilogy as a whole, that would just be great. Um, uh, oh, but speaking about that, because I feel like, uh, and this is this kind of is a little concerning to me, but you know, John Favreau was uh, on the red carpet. There was a premiere for the the Mandalorian season, and it came out. He like did an interview, and he's like, "I have no plans for how this show is going to end. It's just gonna keep going forever until we run out of ideas." I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> uh, don't say that. Even if it's true, don't say that. Uh, 
and I, I not not everything needs to be like a Kevin Feige. This whole thing is going to be leading up to Thanos. And I'm not expecting like a prestige TV ending where it's like, I feel like Vince knew how Breaking Bad was going to end, or at least had a rough idea. I know that like um, Jesse was going to be killed at the end of the first season. And then they're like, well, everybody likes Aaron Paul. And I kind of like Aaron Paul, so let's just keep him around. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make about it. Um, we'll see how good this season is. If the season's not very good, then it's like, okay, y'all already ran out of ideas. Um, but I still like the Mandalorian. He's pretty sick. He's a cool guy. Shiny armor. I think that's it. That's all I have to say about that. All right, let's talk about some films. I watched. I did watch three movies this weekend. Uh, this week, one of them I rewatched because I showed it to my girlfriend, um, and she is adamant that it didn't age very well. And I would argue that is the point. Um, we watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, are you familiar with the film? Of course. Okay. Yes, it's a classic. Uh, she was asking me. She's like, "What is a film noir movie?" I'm like, okay, it's like an old 50s movie, black and white. There's a detective, and he's getting to the bottom of a mystery, and there's a bunch of twists and turns and stuff. She's like, we should watch a film noir movie. I'm like, okay, well, let's, like, dip our toes into, like, a film noir movie, and let's watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a great film noir movie, but it's also, like, a huge homage to, you know, I want to say, like, Warner Brothers properties, like yeah, I think so. it's it's what the weird thing is is that it's on Disney uh and Disney produced it well technically it's a touchstone pictures which whenever Disney wanted to produce something that wasn't an overt kids film in the 80s and 90s then they would just label it as a touchstone picture um so if you ever see that that it is a Disney produced thing it just is not a something they wanted to attach the Disney branding to, which at that time was strictly for children, where now I feel like it isn't. Um, but, yeah, it's produced by Disney, but it's uh, it's an homage to Looney Tunes. For the most part, it's, it's uh, kind of paying tribute to Looney Tunes and, like, Tom and Jerry, like, that kind of animation. It isn't really... It isn't really a love letter to like old Mickey Mouse cartoons or, or something along those lines, um, even though they are in the movie. Um, Mickey Mouse and Donald and Goofy make appearances in the movie, but it seems like it's more or less a, a, a Looney Tunes thing. Um, Roger Rabbit is kind of a... I don't know what exactly a stand-in for him would be. Um, but it, it's it's pretty... I want to say it's... I was trying to explain to her how like groundbreaking this movie was, um, but she did not seem impressed. Like, there are so many times in this movie where like animated characters like move real props around. And I'm like, okay, how did they do that? She's like, I don't know. It's weird, though. I'm like, I, okay... <laughs> but it's so cool. Look, 
All these weasels are holding real guns. How did they do that? Um, I mean, they just had strings. Just, but, yeah. Uh, it, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Another one that is really fun to watch behind-the-scenes footage of. <laughs> because, um, yeah, it's they, they had to get real creative. And they really went, like, extra, too. Like, there's there's a scene where, like... The, the introduction to Jessica Rabbit, where uh, Eddie Valiant goes to this, you know, dive bar where there's, you know, it's a seedy nightclub and Jessica Rabbit's doing her song. There's just like one shot and the bartender, they made like this giant octopus guy, which means that they had to oh, like yeah. have this octopus hold a bunch of cups and stuff and like do all these crazy movements. And it's like you did not have to do that. You could have just had that guy be like Yosemite Sam or something and just saved you a lot of trouble. But because you made it an octopus, you had to rig up all of these like real props to like move in accordance to this animated thing you got. It's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it's what's interesting. I watched um, the whole reason I wanted to watch it. I watched the Red Letter Media review on it. Um and they were saying that it's a quasi-sequel to Chinatown, which I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Chinatown is, like, regarded as maybe one of the last noir movies. It has Jack Nicholson in it. Um, but the mystery in that one is someone is trying to control L.A.'s water supply, um, which, you know given that it doesn't rain a whole lot in Southern California is like, Oh, these guys are trying to, you know, exploit, uh, the water supply and make a whole lot of money on desperate people. Um, let's stop that. Um, and then in, in who framed Roger Rabbit, the problem is public transit. There's like an evil company that buys up the red trolley system just to shut it down because they're funded by the freeways. Um, they're looking to set up businesses along freeways and it's like, okay, it's weird. It's weird. I didn't realize that, that this movie was a, a, a kind of sequel to Chinatown, even though there is a sequel to Chinatown, it just isn't as good as Chinatown. I think it was originally supposed to be a, a trilogy. Um, but yeah, I think my girlfriend had some issues with the stakes of the movie being cartoon genocide. <laughs> which granted um it's quirked up though it's quirked up like at the end of the movie there's like this giant like bulldozer thing that shoots like the what they call it dip but it's like the the acid or whatever that can kill cartoon characters because otherwise they can't die yeah. um and then i jokingly called it a genocide machine and then that's that's forever what she calls it. She's like, they made a genocide machine. How can this movie did not age well at all? They are they are persecuting trans people all across the country, and like the, just it doesn't hold up. Cartoons. I'm like, okay, yes, in that context, true. <laughs> like I get it, but um, it's it's a movie about a crazy rabbit that. Um, is married to like the most like sexualized cartoon maybe of all time. Yeah. Um, and it's a joke. It's the entire joke. 
it's kind of like the the uh, that episode of Smiling Friends where they're trying to get Shrimp's girlfriend back. It's like Shrimpina. It's like, oh, I would have thought she would have been a shrimp, but I just, just I just saw that there was like this super attractive lady at the coffee shop. Just I don't know. Um, kind of funny, but watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, there's a lot of like weird sex jokes in it. Um, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of language in it. I was surprised. Like, I think. I think the taxi cab says son of a bitch and it's a PG movie. I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess it was like 88 or something, but, um, yeah. I'm like, all right. Uh, give it a watch. It's a classic Robert Zemeckis movie. Um, Robert Zemeckis was very, uh, interested in combining like animated and real life, like I don't know how to explain his thing. He was on this roll in like the 80s and 90s, and then it kind of ended with the Polar Express, where he was just like, I want to insert like real people and like animated things. Uh, or like combining like, like past footage and like present footage. Like he made Forrest Gump. So, like, he's putting Forrest Gump in all this historical footage. He made, like, the Back to the Future trilogy, and, like, Marty is, like, uh, meeting his, like, current self, and, like, there's a lot of, like, weird trickery they had to do with, like, getting different versions of Marty and all these things. Um, then we made this movie, and then Polar Express was just like, what if we made a whole movie using motion capture? And then his career ended. Kind of. I think he still makes movies, but, like... He doesn't make uh, movies like he used to. Um, I guess, oh, he, he's, he's officially one of those 80s slash 90s directors that makes uh, Disney live-action reboots because he made the new Pinocchio movie for Disney. Yeah, his career's basically over. Yeah, it's pretty much over. Oh, and he made um, the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, too, which is all oh. motion capture. So I don't know what his thing is, but he, re- <laughs> he really likes... Um, combining animation and, uh, and motion capture and real people. I don't know. There's a thread there, but yeah, very interesting. But speaking of directors who careered are over, let's talk about the second Terminator movie and James Cameron. Yippee. That's not, uh, that's kind of a joke. Cause unfortunately James Cameron is still around. He's just not making movies like this anymore. Because I watched Terminator 2, this movie's awesome. Um, and what's great about it is that they never made another Terminator movie after this that would have yeah. possibly ruined the legacy of the first two Terminator movies. Never. It's, it's honestly great. And, and what's great is that they don't reuse the shtick from Terminator 2, where, like... They would never do They that. wouldn't do that, I don't think. Um, but like the, the thing that's great about Terminator two is that Arnold is actually the good Terminator this time. Cause in the last movie, he was a bad Terminator. He's trying to kill Sarah Connor before she can give birth to John Connor. Who's going to lead the resistance against the robots. And then in the second movie, John Connor sends back a Terminator of his own in the form of good Arnold to take care of his younger self 
But meanwhile, Skynet has sent another Terminator, that's a T-1000, to hunt John Connor, the younger version of John Connor, so that he doesn't grow up and then lead the resistance against Skynet. So during the movie, John Connor meets up with good Arnold. It's kind of confusing as I'm saying this. And what's what's good is that they never made another Terminator movie that was more confusing than Terminator 2. I'm just going to keep making this joke. Of course. <laughs> but if they were to make, like, another Terminator movie, like, I don't know why they would make every Terminator... Every time Arnold came back in these uh, theoretical Terminator sequels, they would just make Arnold good again. And, like, the whole thing is with the Terminator 2 is that there's just one reprogrammed Terminator. Honestly, we should stop sending Terminators back. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why Why are we sending Terminators back in time um, to hunt down younger versions of characters when, like, you know they survive because they exist in the present moment? If you sent back a Terminator to kill younger John Connor, then you never would have had to deal with John Connor as an adult. How am I... I don't know how time travel works. And I don't think this movie does either. It's just really a, a, a backdrop to epic action scenes, which are pretty cool. This is, uh, I, I guess, like a proto-Chris Nolan, where Chris Nolan flips a truck in the middle of New York City. Um, James Cameron blows up a bunch of trucks in L.A., which I guess is more acceptable because stuff just seems to blow up all the time in L.A. Or at least it's on fire. So it just kind of blended in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I like good Terminator Arnold. This might be the best acting I've ever seen Arnold do, which isn't saying a whole lot because Arnold isn't the best actor, but... He plays a robotic man very well, and I don't know what that says about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but yeah, if you somehow haven't seen Terminator 2, I would highly recommend it. Do you have to see the first one? Not really. Not really. And the first one's just kind of okay. It's fine. But, yeah. I like watching a good James Cameron movie before he came to sell out for Disney. Maybe you should just go back to making fun sci-fi movies instead of weird sci-fi epics that are like 90% CGI. You know that's not happening. I know it's not happening. I just wish, you know. I just wish that James Cameron became a respectable man again. A true artist that would create a schlocky action movie called Evil. Terminator 2. What's, what's the... Isn't there a subtitle Terminator 2? I have no idea. T2. T2 movie. Judgment Day, that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thought it was pretty good. Dean Norris is in it. Let's go. He plays SWAT leader number one. Of course he did. <laughs> it's very briefly uh, in it. Um, but yeah, I thought that 
there isn't a whole lot to say about it. It's just a good Terminator movie, of which there are very few. In fact, there are two. There are no other (laughs) Terminator movies. And a franchise that is maybe like seven movies deep at this point, there are only two. Um, I heard mixed things about the last one, but knowing what I know about Terminator and that I have seen the first two Terminator movies, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it seems to be more of just a weird corporate crash cash grab, which I would not expect out of a franchise such as Terminator. Um, But, yeah, watch Terminator 2. Uh, the other one I watched was City Lights, a Charlie Chaplin classic film. Um, what's weird about this one is that it is a silent movie. It's from 1931. It was made during a time that talking movies were already industry uh, regular. Like Silent movies were not being made en masse at this point. I believe the first talking movie came out in 27. It's a jazz singer. I have not seen that movie. I know that it's a musical, and for all of the musical numbers, the 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 guy I believe his name is Al Jolson. Um, he did all of the musical numbers in blackface, which is pretty fun to me. Classic thirties move. It's a class. It's twenties. But yes, it was a classic move. Um, I have not seen it, so I don't know if it holds up, but I would like to imagine that it doesn't. <laughs> uh, anytime, uh, blackface is used, I feel like it probably doesn't hold up. Unless it's, like, always sunny or something, where it's like, that, it's obviously a joke. It is, the expense is not at black people, the expense is that these characters are so stupid for doing blackface. Um... But, yeah. City Lights, there is no blackface. So, that's positive. There's only one black person in the whole movie. And he's a boxer. I don't know what that says about society. Um, it's kind of a weird movie. It's, it's a, a movie... Charlie Chaplin, he... I think for most of his movies in, like, the 20s and 30s, he played the same character. And when you think of, like, Charlie Chaplin, it's, like, the bowler hat and the cane and, like, the weird kind of suit. It's that character. I believe his... I think its name is the Tramp. Um, But not in the Tramp you're thinking of. It's, like, the, oh, what a rascally type guy he is. He isn't, like, a womanizer. He's just kind of a, a weird, mischievous boy. Um, but he falls in love with a florist who's blind, um, which is very convenient. And he does the classic move where it's like, ah, I'm going to pretend I'm like a super rich guy because you can't see that I'm in like commoner's clothes. I'm going to buy you things. And she's going to like touch his face, but like she can't see how ugly he is. Um, it's a classic move. And meanwhile, he, he's down at the docks one day, he's just kind of chilling, when there's this rich dude and he's trying to commit suicide in probably the worst way possible. But granted, he is very drunk. Uh, 
he ties a nope a noose around his neck and he's on the docks and then he ties that rock the like rope to a big rock and he's gonna huck the rock into the the river or something and then just drown which of all ways to go why would you drown yourself that sounds like the worst way to go probably up there probably freezing to death uh burning to death probably chugging acid and then drowning by tying a big rock around your neck and then hucking it into the ocean i would say those are the top four um so i don't know but charlie chaplin steps in is like no you can't kill yourself birds are going to sing tomorrow morning and isn't that beautiful not a whole lot can be conveyed in a silent movie um, he's like, oh, you're right, you're my best friend now for all time. And then throughout the movie, like, whenever this guy is drunk, he's like, yo, Charlie Chaplin, you're my best friend, I love you, you can take my car, I don't care. Here's some money, you can pay for your blind girl's surgery to fix her eyes. Um, but whenever he's sober, he's like, who the hell is this man? Get him out of my house. I hate Charlie Chaplin so much. I hate the kid, it's a bad movie. Um... He doesn't say that in the movie, unfortunately, but I haven't seen, he meant, I don't know. I haven't seen the kid, so I cannot speak to how good it is. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of like a big back and forth where, um, it's like, ah, I get money from my friend who's really rich and also suicidal whenever he's drunk. And then I'm going to give that to my girlfriend who's blind and she sells flowers because she, I don't know, she can't get a job doing anything else. She's blind. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I, I don't really like silent movies. Um, and this one is very, very highly regarded. It's regarded as Chaplin's best. There are, there are like legitimately funny parts in it that do kind of hold up. Um, I think a lot of silent movies, um, a lot of it kind of depends on slapstick, which if you aren't when your humor has to be visual, it almost has to be slapstick in some way or some sort of visual gags because you can't really do any of the classic humor through words, really. Otherwise, it's, you know, your whole silent movie is just going to be dialogue boxes, and that's hardly ever the case. Um, so, yeah, it's fine. I know, I know a lot of people love this movie, but it, uh, I don't know. It's fine. The best thing I can say for it is that it's only an, an hour 20 long. A lot of these movies are really short, which is good. Because I can't imagine sitting through a two-hour silent movie. So, there you go. Will I watch Once Upon a Time in the West next week? I don't know. No. Probably not. But maybe... I don't like spaghetti westerns, but maybe I should get this one out of the way. So, the only good spaghetti western is Django Unchained. And that's barely a spaghetti western. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's categorized as a spaghetti western. I would say it's more black exploitation than spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I'm writing this whole paper on um, race representation in movies. And I wrote, like, a very long paragraph about Django because, uh, um, because I, I had to think about why I was doing it. 
uh, Django is like one of the first movies to use um, AAVE in a way that isn't like denoting of lesser intelligence or of, of a lower social class. Like Django outsmarts people while using AAVE. I, for those who don't know, it's like African American Vernacular English, I think is what it stands for. Um, and it's like, usually like it, you, you did have like black action stars before then, but they used like white English. They wouldn't use like traditional, well, not traditional, but like, you know, it's, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. I'm not the person to talk about this, but, um, but I am writing a paper. <laughs> I'm writing a paper about it because I, I just find it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I read a very interesting article about it, so I just wrote some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, good. Tarantino isn't always good about representation in his movies. Um, he certainly loves to write the N-word in the movies that don't necessarily need to have the N-word, and most of the time he's the one saying it. So I don't know what that says about Tarantino. He, he's got enough stuff on his plate that you could blame Tarantino for. Uh, maybe racist on top of it. Um, but, yeah, it's a good movie. Check out Terminator 2 and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And if you're a film snob, check out City Lights, because I feel like it's probably one of those that you probably need to see. Kind of like Nosferatu. You should probably watch it if you're into horror movies, like really into horror movies, but otherwise I don't see, like, a need for it. It's not super good. But, yeah. That's it. That's it for everything I have. I do have something for music, but you're probably going to talk about it, so... I doubt it. Throw it on over to the music segment. Yippee. I only have two things to talk about, so... Okay. I don't even know if I'm going to talk about your thing. I might have forgot. Oh, Unless it's the weekend thing. It's not. Okay. Then I probably forgot about it. Um, This week we had Slow Tie new album, uh, which I did not know was coming out this week, but it did. Um, very good. It's, he made it like a post-punk synth-pop album oh. compared to like the UK hip-hop he usually does, uh, and it worked really well. I, this is probably his best one, I would think. Um, I mean, I like his other ones, but like, I don't know, I'm kind of iffy on UK hip-hop in general. Except if it's Lil Sims. Because, yeah. So, That's um, the difference. But yeah, this works very well. I mean, very emotionally, like, all over the place. Like, this is, like, his existential crisis album, basically. Um, it's like the... He has a therapy arc in this one, too, like most other hip-hop albums in the last year, which is <laughs> yeah. strange. Um, but yeah, he's got insane, like, vocal emotion on this record. Um, it gets, like, hard to listen to sometimes. He gets so into it. Um but yeah, very good. Uh, very short too. I think it's like thirty-five minutes. But really wide range of genre. I love the post-punky stuff. I love like he doesn't care if we can incorporate like harder hip-hop elements into it. But yeah, it's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had no idea that was coming out, but I did. Um, and then album that came out last week that I didn't listen to this until this week. Uh, Model slash actress, I think that's the band name. I don't know. It's oh. such a weird name. Um, Dog's Body. It's like a New York industrial noise rock album. Um, it's pretty spooky. It's 
all over the place. Um, very fun, very dancey. It's like talking heads and swans had a baby. Um, <laughs> That's a weird combination. It is a very weird combination. It's like 80s swans where like every single instrument is treated as a percussion. Hmm. Um, so there's songs where it's like super harsh, like scary guitar, like just downtrodden. And then there's other songs where it's like super fast break point, like post-punk kind of beat. Um, so very, very fun and disturbing and cool and scary. It's mm-hmm. all over the place, but uh, really, really, really good. It's also like 35 minutes, so two short ones that are to the point. I feel go. like there's been a lot of post-punk this year already. Between Paramore, Slow Tie, and this one, though. And it's Algiers pretty... is kind of post-punk, too. Is Paramore post-punk? This album is. Oh, okay. <laughs> huh. So uh, a majority of the albums that I listen to this year are all post-punk, so. Wow. It's Even a little Yachty. Uh, not quite, but (laughs) (laughs) almost, almost, um, the weekend also released a live album, but I have not listened to it yet. I probably won't listen to it. Yeah. I might check it out if I'm bored one day, but like, I don't really need to. No. I mean, I think it's like the HBO show thing that he did. Yeah. Um, It just in an album format. Yeah. And he did the die for you. Remix with Ariana Grande. I uh, guess, of course. Good for How could you forget? Yeah, there's that. But you didn't talk about the new Black song. Oh, I did not. I for- didn't even realize that came out. Oh, yeah, it came out uh, March 1st. Let's go. Uh, the, the oh, yeah, I did single. hear about this. It's not really a song. That's why I didn't listen to it. Oh, no, Letter to My Fans is... Uh, oh, that's not a song. One. There that's is, okay. since I have a lover, the album name... Gotcha. Song, whatever. I thought it was just the little intro thing. No. No, I think that came out today. Or no, it didn't. A couple days ago. Like a couple days ago. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a, a Since I Have a Lover song. It's a pretty good. I like it. Um, it's definitely lighter than I expected. But I've only listened to the six-piece hot EP. So. Yeah, the thing's pretty nocturnal. Yeah, it's pretty... But, you know. We'll do a reaction to the Black Album. I'm excited for that. I'm excited also. Um, it's promising. I really liked. Uh, I liked the lead single. I probably won't listen to it anymore if they come out. I think it's like two weeks from now. Yeah, it's not too long. So I don't know. It's like the twenty fourth, I think. It comes out. That's how we're gonna end the fan marathon. With the Black reaction. <laughs> Perfect. Um, let me see. On hypebeast.com would know when this album came out. Yeah, March 24th. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's the one thing I had. It's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. There's a new Boy Genius song, but I don't think I really listened to it intently on purpose, so. Wait, when does that album come out? The 31st. Oh, okay. Oh my god, man. Didn't we have... Did Little Sims and SZA drop on the same day? Yes. Okay, I'm glad we don't have like, that. Actually, up. it was the same weekend. The same weekend. I oh, think yeah. SZA was on Friday, and then Little Sims was on like Monday or like Sunday. Yeah, that's right. It was weird like that. I'm glad we don't have that happening. At least we can yeah. do Black, yeah, and then the great. next weekend be Boy yeah. Genius. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. 
Wait, so this kind of works out perfectly if next week is, um, what is next week? What do we get on the wheel? Uh, Why can't I remember? I don't remember. Oh, no. Something. Um, I should be in my search. I think it was Lady Gaga. That's it was Lady Gaga. Yeah. So yeah, next week is Lady Gaga, and then the week after will be the end of the fan marathon, and then Black? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, yeah, that works out perfectly. Nice. That That's was intentional. <laughs> so I think that's it. That's it for podcast. Next week. Yeah, I don't think I have a whole lot. Um. I I do kind of want to bring up we we've we've brought up our. Our friend Grant on the podcast before he often has opposite movie uh, reactions to me specifically, and we have a lot of very intense debates about it. He um, messaged me earlier this week and was like, "Hey, are you okay? Why did you only give Cocaine Bear two stars?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh no, Grant, did you are are you messing with me? Did you like Cocaine Bear?" He said he hasn't laughed so hard at a movie in so long. That's awesome. Grant, stop. There's some there's I don't get I don't get this man. Cause I feel like he was just messaging me how much like he just bought Ad Astra on like 4K UHD, which is like a super heady sci-fi movie. And then he's like, yeah, Cocaine Bear, that gets four stars, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? What are you talking about? So, Cocaine Bear has officially passed the Grant test. Good. Which means it's bad. But, there you go. If you needed any other reason to stay away from Cocaine Bear, Grant liked it, so. That's, um, I'm glad that Grant doesn't listen to our podcast. He would be sad. There you go. That's our podcast. Bye.